Good morning, church. If we can uh, grab our seats. It's great to have Jonathan and Ruth Horsfall with us from Life Church Morris. Come on, Jonathan and Ruth, come and say hi. Come on, come on. Before you sit down, come and say hi. Everybody know Jonathan and Ruth? These are our pastors from Life Church in Morris. Come on, guys. How's everybody doing? It's really good to be in the mothership this morning. I always say that. It's true. The mother. Not othership. Mother. Sorry. You guys know what English accents here are like, so you don't need translators. Morris still needs translators. Still need to name. But Morris Life Church sends their love to everybody. We love being a part of this family. We love um, just the opportunity that actually this church has given us to look after God's people. Dan and V, Jeremy and Diana, John and Mary. Just amazing. And also to be here for Rich and Hannah. Oh. Which is amazing. Really cool. Um, yeah, Dan, I don't know what else you planned, but... <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> uh, hey, it's also great to have Mike Smith here, all the way from St. Louis. Mike, it's great to have you with us, and your wonderful granddaughter. Welcome. So today, church, we're going to um, set in and recognize uh, an eldership couple, uh, Rich and Hannah Stoltz. So that's what today is all about. So uh, we have about 30 minutes until the end of this meeting, so we've got a lot to cover. But I also just want to acknowledge um, another amazing couple, Hadrian and Ava, who are sitting over here. Hadrian, can you stand? Has Ava gone out? Uh, This is uh, another couple from Britain. I apologize. Kind of. But every time we come through immigration, they call us aliens. Legal, but aliens. And so aliens are taking over. (laughs) So... Yeah, there you go. So we're going to have a great July 4th. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So are you ready? We're going to talk about eldership. Everyone say eldership. <clears throat> you know, the Bible talks a lot about how the church is structured. And uh, structure isn't a bad thing. If we, we have a skeleton in our bodies and it holds our body up, and there's, there's a way <coughs> that God has designed his church. There's a blueprint. We can't just make church up. The truth is, the church is a people. The truth is, we've never been to church in our life. Because church isn't a place. Church is a people. We are the people of God. The word for church is a Greek word, ekklesia, which means called out ones. We were called out of darkness, and we were brought into the marvelous, everyone say marvelous, kingdom of light. And the purpose of the church, the purpose of the called out ones, the purpose of the ecclesia is to extend the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the rule of God. It's the king's domain. It's the kingdom. It's God's rule. And Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6.33, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right? So in heaven, there is no sickness. There's no disease. There's no weeping. There's no crying. And so when we pray that prayer, that it is the purpose of the church as we pray that, to do that and activate that, to see heaven come to earth. Amen? Amen. This isn't some weird theology. This is just basic Christian foundations. That's why we're here on planet earth, to make Jesus famous, to tell everybody about Jesus, to drive out sickness, to drive out disease. The Spirit, when Jesus stood up in Luke chapter 4 and, and, and opened the book of Isaiah, he was quoting, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He was saying, by the way, Isaiah was talking about me. 
And he has anointed me to set the captives free, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn, to, to, for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them beauty instead of ashes, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. And that's what we, the church, are anointed. Why? As Jeremy said earlier, he is the head, but we are the body. So as the church, we can say the spirit of the Lord is upon us. It's upon me because he has anointed me. That's why we're here. We've been anointed to do this. Amen? So there's so much. I'm, I, I'm just going to go fast because we, in different times I, uh, we've talked about eldership. We've talked about women in ministry. Um, and um, just laid it out. We've had doctors come in who've laid out theologically what we believe on that. And, um, but here's a, here's a, a 10, uh, 20 second overview of uh, women in ministry, just in case you're wondering, um, why are they sitting in uh, an eldership couple today? This is why. Are you ready? I love this stuff. <clears throat> Three C's. You ready? Creation. Curse. Cross. This is a very, very quick overview, my quick overview. The first C is creation. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, God said to them, everyone say them, be fruitful and multiply and rule and subdue and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves along the ground. God said it to who? Yeah. Who is them? Yeah. Adam and Eve. In Acts chapter 2, when the fall came, Acts 2 and 3, and God, God breathed on, on them, blessed them. Acts chapter 3, when the fall came, in, sorry, sorry, in Genesis, God says to the woman, because you've done this, your husband will rule over you. It was a part of the curse. Okay, so the original mandate, the first C was creation. The second is curse. It was part of the curse for the woman, to, for the husband to rule over her husband. Before that, it was to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing. God's initial intention and mandate was never for man to rule over mankind, but over creation itself. It's creation that's waiting. Ready for the third C? The cross. When Jesus said to Telestai, it is paid in full. When Jesus cried out in a loud voice, it is finished. The curse was broken. Hallelujah. And now the Son of Man must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things has taken place. God is in the habit right now, and his purpose is to restore the church. Not to back to how it was, but back to his original intention, which is to fill the earth with his glory, to fill the earth with the people that look like him. And the original mandate was to them, to be fruitful, to rule and subdue, and have dominion. That's why Paul says in Galatians, now in Christ, there's neither Jew or Gentile, Slave or free, male or female. He dealt with slavery, he dealt with race, and he dealt with gender on the cross. Hallelujah. So just as a quick snapshot as why we're, where we're going to lay hands in a moment on uh, Rich and Hannah, and we're going to set them to an eldership. That's our stance, and we've, got, we've had lots of much quicker than those just few seconds of overview. Uh, we've dug into the Scriptures, and that's the conviction that we've come to, and we believe it all in our hearts. So if you're a woman here, um, you're going to be empowered. Amen? Okay. <clears throat> Jonathan, would you like your Bible back, or do you, is there a reason you, you'd like me to teach out this? Okay. 
All right. Let's just put this here. <laughs> we don't believe in that translation. <laughs> I'm not going to say which one it is. All right. You ready? I'm going to use, uh, just to be different, I'm going to use the word eldership as an acronym. So we're going to go quite fast. Are you ready? How do we start the word eldership? E. e. Very good, kids. Okay. E is for example. Everybody say example. And this is Paul's first, first of two letters that he wrote. Actually, the last of his, the first of the last two letters that he, Paul wrote um, to his true son in the faith, Timothy. Paul, in his last letters in prison, he's coming to the end of his life. And this, he's starting to give instructions to this young man. And this is what he says. He says, Timothy, I want you to set an example to young believers. I want you to set an example. First of all, he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But I want you to set an example in five areas, in your life, in your love, in your speech, in your purity, and in your faith. Everyone say example. The first E for eldership, church, is where there are elders in the house of God. They are, first of all, primarily to serve as an example. Everyone say example. See, the more interactive you are, the faster I'll go, and then we can get out of here. Okay, so E is for example. God wants us to be examples. And to, we have three eldership couples in the church right now, myself and Fee, Jeremy and Diana, and John and Mary Washko. And today we're adding another couple, not the last, but the next couple into eldership, and it's Rich and Hannah. And they are going to serve as a, an example. And so when you see them in the church and you see them um, functioning in the church, you, they're, a, they're a couple that will serve as an example. Now, late in Timothy, Paul also says this. He says, he who desires to be an, a, an elder desires a noble task. And so at a later stage, we're going to talk about what are the different tasks that each of the eldership couples, individually and together, have as and functioning in this church, all right? So everyone say uh, uh, example. <laughs> you know, Paul actually says... Um, I want you to set an example. The word set there means to set up against the opposition. So we live in a world that is full of, of voices telling us how we should be. That's why Paul's in Corinthians says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, Right? So here, an example, God is calling the elders to set up against the opposition of the enemy, to set an example, to stand and say, no, this is God's ways. This is the way that God teaches and the way God instructs us. Okay? So E is for eldership. A is for example. L is for lovers of God. I love this. The most beautiful picture is in Revelation chapter 4, verse 10, of the elders worshiping around the throne. What a beautiful picture of godly leadership that before anything else, they are lovers of God. Amen? The greatest command is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our might, to love Jesus. And around the throne, the elders are worshiping the Lamb who's in the center of the throne. And around the Lamb is a rainbow, the colors of a rainbow, which means there's is a picture of covenant, which means as they're worshiping together, they're looking at the Lamb. But not only are they looking at the Lamb, they're looking at their brothers and sisters through the lens of covenant. So when we're worshiping together, 
We sat the one night this week and just loved God together and prayed together. Thank God together for all he's doing. Thanked him for the seasons, the tough seasons, the good seasons, but thanking him for all the prophetic words that even came last, many of them came last Sunday, just significant words and picking them up and saying how, and looking, asking God, how do we run with these? What do these mean? But elders must be lovers of God. You ready? Next one. Um, is, is D for depth. Um, this particular passage is um, where the sons of Issachar knew the times, understood the times, and they knew just what to do. There's another scripture, if you're writing notes, um, that I think is, is probably a little more, goes with this, and it's 1 Timothy 3, verse 9 again, and it says, an elder must, everyone say must, hold to the deep truths of the faith. An elder must hold to the deep truths of the faith. And if we understand of what it is to hold on to the deep truths of the faith and we're anchored in the deep truths of the faith, then we, like the sons of Issachar, will know the times in which we live and we will know what to do. Amen? And we need to be a prophetic people that know what to do. And, but it's important. And I just want to say, um, when we see these lists, and there's a, a list of, I think, almost 20 qualifications for an elder, only one of them to, is to do with gift. He must be apt to teach. All the rest are to do with character. Hello. All the rest are to do with character. It's really important that we have good character, but I also want to say this. It does, what Paul is not saying is, if you're not an elder, therefore, it don't matter. He must, be not be, he must be not given to drunkenness. Oh, that's okay. I'm not an elder. Whee! No, that's not what he's saying. He's, Paul is saying, hey, this is a standard for believers. Hey, Timothy, you do this. Set an example for believers to follow. This is okay. This is not. Be godly. Be righteous. Be wholesome. Be a person of character. Be honest. Carry integrity. Your yes be yes and your no be no. Amen? So this is for all of us. We're like, oh, it's good. This is a bit boring because I'm not going to be an elder. So I don't have to, this doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. It applies to all of us. Amen. Okay. All right. So D is for depth. E is for empowering. Empowered. Said that. (laughs) To empower. (laughs) Yeah, we we went backwards then. (laughs) Um. To empower. In Genesis chapter 2, um, verse 10, we see a beautiful picture of headship. And so often, particularly in our Western thinking, we think of headship as, well, they're the head. They're the headmaster. They're the head principal. They're the, head, they're the person that is just in charge. So the buck stops at them. They're the fountain of all wisdom and knowledge, and everybody else is below them. That can be the perception. But biblically, here, the first mention of headship in Genesis is where the river Euphrates formed four headwaters, the Pishon, the Tigris, the Gihon, and the Euphrates. Those four rivers, which were a picture of export to the four corners of the earth. But they started, they dispersed from a headwater. And there you find the first mention of the word headship. And church, I want to suggest to you today that headship is not just a place of control, it's a place of empowerment. And if you actually study those four rivers, the Tigris, the Gihon, um, and uh, what's the other one? The Pishon. They all, and the Euphrates, they all have really interesting names. I've studied it before, I think I've taught it before. But one is the bubbler, one is a groundbreaker, one moves swiftly this way and that way. It's a picture of different kinds of rivers 
that, do, that have different purposes to the four corners of the earth. And so, church, the empowering, when, so the, G, Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of man. Man is the head of woman. But that doesn't mean he, that our, as a husband, we're here just to subdue our wife and tell her she, she has to do and control her. No, what we do as our head is the same thing Jesus did as our head, the bride, right? Stay with me. We're the bride. We're his bride. What did Jesus do with his bride? He said to her in Ephesians chapter 2, come and sit with me. And he seated us with him in heavenly places. What a beautiful picture of ruling together. He empowered his bride. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Why? Because we are in him. We're his bride. He's our head. But in his headship, he didn't say, just move over there. You're not allowed to do anything. He's empowered her to make her radiant. Ephesians chapter 5. That she may be radiant. That's why men don't really like this sometimes when I say this. But husbands, your wife's face is your grade. Because your job is to represent what Christ is to his church. Marriage is a mini picture of Christ in the church. Husbands, love your wife and lay down your life for her as Christ does the church. Her face is your grade. Because the Bible says to make her radiant, to make her happy. Smile feet. So <laughs> it's important... People are taking pictures. <laughs> Church, are you with me? Are you follow me? It's important. So what a beautiful picture of what we have, how Jesus loves his church. You say, well, if you haven't met my wife. Well, where was, where was the church when Jesus laid down his life for her? Answer, nowhere. She, hadn't, but she had, didn't exist yet. Therefore, we love our wives by faith. And I want to say this, I have never, ever met a wife that, didn't have, that had no problem of submitting to her husband when her husband loved her like Christ did the church. When he laid down his life for her, when he loves her and cherishes her, to submit, it's like, oh my gosh, this is great. I get led like this? And that's how Jesus is with us. So headship, empowering Eldership is about empowering. It's not about the law of the lid. Well, you can go any higher. No, the, really, it's a place. It's actually underneath. Instead of, a, instead of a, a cap, it's a cup. It's a place of overflow. Just go for it. You know, when I hear the words of apostles and prophets, well, they're, you know, there's the head of the church. Yeah, but the Bible says they're the foundation, so maybe we should look at the other way around and see it as a hotbed for seeds to grow. And the sky's the limit. Well, you can't go higher than that. Well, they're not, they're, they're not, then you're a cap, not a cup. But we need to be the, and in place of empowerment underneath to see people grow. Amen? Yeah. I'm staying too long on this because I've got to move on really fast. Gosh. I, my, the pin's broken on my watch, so now it says 10 to 6. So I'm in England time. <laughs> so we have time. So that's good. Um, R is for rule. Next, next. R is for rule. Um, I love this proverb. It's David speaking, and he said, better for a man to rule his spirit than he who takes a city. Isn't that amazing? For David to say, hey, I would rather you learn to rule your own spirit, to rule yourself, than take a whole city for God. 
It speaks of training. It speaks of ruling your, your emotions. Ruling, and one of the qualifications is an elder must be temperate. how we get temperature from. Can you regulate yourself? Or do you fly off the handle? Do you react or do you respond? It all talks about the measure and the capacity of the grace of God on a person. But an elder must be able to rule. He must be an example. He must be a lover of God. He must have depth. He must empower. He must rule. Number six, he must be, when I say he, I'm talking about mankind. Okay. Um, um, he must, uh, is spirit. Everyone's, did I got the next one? Okay, spirit. Galatians 6, verse 1. I, I love this passage. I always find it very fascinating, and it speaks of so much of just the nature of God. But in Galatians 6, verse 1, it says, If anyone is caught in sin, let you who are spiritual, everyone say spiritual, restore him gently. Remember, not, not who, somebody who did sin, let somebody who's caught in sin, let you who, were, who, let you who are spiritual, restore them gently. But, Paul says, Take heed, take caution, be careful, lest you yourself fall into the same sin. That's incredible. I was here in this, mo- in this meeting, well, in this very room one time, and someone came up to me, and they said, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I've never met the person before in my life. They said, no, I need to know, are you okay? I'm like, I think so. Why? What? What? And they pulled me aside and they said, listen, I'm struggling with a certain area, but for the last three leaders that I've gone to, I found out they were struggling with the same thing. So what Paul is saying is, if you're not spiritual, you're not full of the Spirit of God, then you yourself may end up in the same pit. How can you help somebody out of a pit if you're in the pit, right? So an elder must be a person of the Spirit. They must be full of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 says, be filled again and again with the Spirit. The Greek tense is to be keep being filled. That's why speaking in tongues is so important. That's why Paul says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. Because he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. The word there is he builds himself up. It's like one of our cars is dead right now and I've got it on trickle charge. But it's, it's like that's, it's, it's, it's that power charge of the Spirit that you start to build up your inner man. Romans says the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Hands up if you want life and peace. It comes from the Spirit. But our spirit man needs to be bigger than our brain. But often, if we want the peace that passes understanding, sometimes we have to give up the right to understand. If, you, if we want the peace that goes past understanding, then you have to give up the right to understand. Well, I don't understand. Yeah, but I'd rather have the peace. Therefore, I'll give up the right to understand and I'm going to go for the peace because the peace surpasses understanding. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and it's peace. It's life and it's peace. And it's like somebody was pre- preaching once and they said, we need to be filled again and again with the Holy Spirit. And somebody, an older lady said, why do we have to be filled again and again? And the preacher leaned across the pulpit and he said, because, madam, I leak. We do. We leak. We need to be filled again and again with the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit that lives that's of the, the incorruptible seed that where we're born again. I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit wants to refresh us every day and every morning. Where those streams, where if anyone is thirsty, hands of you ever get thirsty? 
In the natural, we get thirsty. First the natural, then the spiritual. We get, we get, we get thirsty in the spiritual. It's like, oh, I just feel a bit dry. And I feel dry. Like, I just need to, get a t- I need to get full of the Holy Spirit. And then you start to drink, but it's from within. Amen? All right. S is for spirit. H is for hope. Everybody say hope. He who has the most hope has the most influence. I love this scripture, Romans chapter 4, verse 18. It says this, Abraham, against all hope, Abraham believed. Why? Because he'd seen something. He'd seen a city with foundations whose builder and architect was God. It's so important that we see something that is bigger than ourselves. That we see something that God is building. See, Babel was built by man, for man, for man's glory. God came down and confused their language and said, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in something that is built by me, for me, for my glory. And that's what Abraham saw. And he lived in tents so that we could live in cities. Because God is building a house, not not made of stone but of living stones. And we are living stones that God is cutting and fashioning and building together where he can make a spiritual house, where he can reside. That's why we are a spiritual house. Hope, he who has the most hope has the most influence. I is for integrity. Everybody say integrity. Integrity. It's so important that as for elders that we, we stand of a place of integrity. In, in Timothy it says this, elders must be above reproach against they must be above um, accusation that if there's an that's why the bible says don't don't entertain an accusation against an elder unless there's two or three witnesses present why because if you strike the shepherd the sheep will scatter and it's really these are really these are basic principles maybe you've never heard them before but but don't don't be careful with the elders if you if they have something go to them and talk to them say hey listen i'm struggling with something you said and i promise you I promise you, they, you will be heard. <laughs> it's so important. And one of the things, I, I, I travel a lot now, as many of you know, and I see churches. One of the things that uh, I find most sobering is people who've come, who have gone head-to-head with a leader, and the bottom line is the leader's not leaving, so they're out. And they become hurt with church, disgruntled with church, because there was no point of appeal. And you get left with this feeling of I gave so much of my life into a church or into a ministry, and what did I do it all for? And then they become bitter against church, and sometimes their kids do, and it's just a a right old mess. And I'm I'm convinced that it's just not God's way. There's a better way where we can sort things out, and there's a wholesome way of making sure people get heard. And the way in this house, the point of appeal goes to the place where the church, the actual church can say, hey, and can listen in and hear what's going on. And I think it just keeps people safe that way. Amen? Amen. Cool. All right. So integrity, everyone say integrity. Proverbs 20, this, this says this, love and integrity keep a king safe, for through it his throne is made secure. Integrity keeps us safe. Integrity, love and integrity keeps us safe. Can I just say this? Gift says nothing about a person, only the grace of God. C.S. Lewis says we should be no more proud of our gifts than we are the color of our eyes. Gifts, I'll say it again, says nothing about a person, only the grace of God. That's why it's a gift, because they didn't do anything to deserve to get it. But what we do often is we elevate gifts like a Christmas tree, and we're wowed by people's gifts, but the gift says nothing about the person. 
What God looks is the inside of the Christmas tree trunk. He looks at the integrity. Integrity is really important. And that's why we need to honor people, but we need to honor everybody, but not over-elevate people with gift because it's just a gift. What we should do is really elevate and honor the giver of the gift, which is Jesus. Otherwise, it's no more crazy than you running after a UPS driver, flagging him down and going, dude, you're awesome. You're amazing. Wow, how did you do that? If it's such an amazing gift you bought me, you'd be like, no, 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 I just delivered it. You're like, I know, but it's you. You're the man. You're amazing. You like got your truck and stuff and <laughs> dropping off packages to my house. Wow. Right? Yes. It's the giver of the gift that's really important. Okay, and P is for plurality plurality. And I love this because eldership is always plural. It's not just one person. Wisdom is found in the counsel of of many. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. Everyone say we. Not just an elder, not just me. Some people say, well, the Bible says I have the mind of Christ. No, it doesn't. The Bible says that we do. And therefore, we need one another. Amen. So church, that's it. I just a very quick snapshot. That's by no means a teaching today. But over the years, we've had lots of teaching on eldership and gone dig it. I remember we had Ian Russell come and talk about this. And they're still available on podcast. But today, I just wanted to just give a quick scope of what does this mean today? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? So without further ado, if I can ask that uh, Rich and Hannah come and sit here. Do we have two chairs, Jem? We can uh, put them on. And if I can ask the elders and Jonathan and Ruth who are with us today, if Ruth's here, to come and join us, she's with Evie. <laughs> Actually, do you want to put them up here? And uh, church, what I'm going to do is, if you guys can come forward, and then uh, Rich and Hannah, if you can come. Can we give up for Rich and Hannah? Love. Jonathan, you come. Jem and Diana, John, John and Mary. And just, um, we're going to lay hands on them. Just bless them. And church, can I ask you, we're going to finish in just a moment. Just to stand and just come and gather around. And we're just going to pray for them. I'm just going to finish them. Yes. Can we just play the video while we're standing? <laughs> this was all planned. Perfect. Yeah. So that you'd stand up while the video is going on. So that you, yeah, just know you're committed and everything. Uh, for those who don't know, Tom and Randy Kyle, um, pastor Life Church in St. Louis. Um, they were pastors here. A very, uh, just precious couple. Uh, we love them so much. And... Um, uh, they are leading Life Church in St. Louis, and the church is just doing fantastic there. Um, and we were going to change this date so that they could be here, but in the end, we decided we would just they would do a video. So if you can, um, just watch this. Hi, video. Rich and Hannah and our family at Life Rich Church. I'm so sorry we can't be with you guys today. We would have loved to have made it, oh. but unfortunately, we're out of town. But we're very excited for this day. And it's been a, a long time coming, and we just know that God has a lot in store for you, too. And I couldn't recommend a couple any higher than we could, Rich and Hannah. We love you. We've seen you grow up, Hannah. We've seen you grow up, too, Rich. And you're in our hearts. We're so excited of, uh, just to celebrate with you today. And physically, we wish we were there, but can't, unfortunately. So apologies, as Randy said. But just looking back over our time with Rich and Hannah, we met Rich in the late 80s when he was very young, very <laughs> young. And we met Hannah as a teenager, kind of early 90s. Uh, we were very involved in their wedding in 2005 and actually uh, did their wedding for them with them, um, blessing it. 
So we know this couple intimately. Uh, they have allowed us the privilege and honor of being their friends first and yes. just speaking into their lives and they're speaking into our lives. But they just, they've opened themselves up. They're a couple that have always asked us honest questions about themselves, yes. their, how they're coming across, how they can improve themselves. And I think for Randy and I, what one thing that I would say about this couple to the church family there in St. Charles, I would have, we would have, Rich and Hannah, as elders in any church that we've ever had the privilege of serving in and leading over the years, that's how we would view Rich and Hannah. Yes. We, uh, they're just an incredibly godly comp, uh, couple, stable, different, uh, and their giftings are very different as you know them. Uh, they are very different. But just I was praying about Rich and Hannah. One uh, couple, one scripture text kind of jumped out at me, and it's out of Acts 18. It's a couple, Priscilla and Aquila. And they'd become Christians, and um, it doesn't talk a lot about them as a couple, but it's just kind of one of those funny little nuances of the scripture where um, first the husband's mentioned, uh, you know, in order of Aquila and Priscilla, and then later it's flip-flopped Priscilla and Aquila, and then uh, Priscilla is, uh, there's our dog, there's uh, our Dodger dog. wishes Sorry. greetings as well. <laughs> It's kind of a family affair, some of them more furry than others, but here we are. Um, but in the text, it, Priscilla is the one who pulls a powerful man of God aside, Apollos, and speaks into his life and helps him understand the way of God more accurately or more perfectly. And it's one of the things that I appreciate about Rich and Hannah and that I find unique. Um, Hannah is not intimidated by anybody. Yes, that's right. Uh, she's not intimidated by money, power. Uh, her own position doesn't influence, you know, she's not one of who takes herself a little too seriously, but she does understand she's a powerful woman and she's afraid to speak the truth to anybody, which is part of the reason why they're being recognized today. And also with Rich, <clears throat> he's not afraid to have his wife mentioned first. And he's a very secure man, which has enabled him to grow as a man. It's allowed his wife to be empowered and grow to be the woman of God that she is. Very much like a Priscilla and Aquila. I don't think Aquila was uh, worried about whether his wife was mentioned first. He just wanted the kingdom to go forward. So as I think about this couple, it's one of their greatest attributes is they just want the kingdom to go forward. Yes. It doesn't make any difference who gets the acclaim, who gets the, the pat on the back, the acknowledgement. Um, and we, we are just so excited about this couple and they have our full and complete blessing, our yes. full and complete confidence. Support. And we just say yes and amen to what's happening there. Yes. We love them. We love the eldership and the church family. So we know lots of people there for a long time. But I think Rich and Hannah, besides the Washkos, we've known the longest in that church family there in St. Charles. So today, Randy and I, we just bless yes, we what's happening there. We love you, Rich and Hannah. We yes, love Danafi, just the whole family there. Um, so go forward in power and may the kingdom come and we'll see you guys real soon. Thank you so much and we love you. Love you. Bye. Yeah, Father, we just thank you for this wonderful couple and this time and we thank you for the gift that they are to us and we recognize, Lord, that you are giving yourself to us through the gift of this couple that are here to display what you are like to able to be to be an example to us, to to be a support, to be a help, to be able to join arm in arm with everyone here, 
and to help lead your church forward into what you have for her. So we just say thank you for this wonderful couple, and we say that we receive them for what they are, which is a gift to Life Church in St. Charles. And we bless them at this time, and we just thank you for the wealth of uh, experience that is in both of them. We thank you for the deposit of your Holy Spirit that is in both of them in just a unique and powerful way. I thank you for Rich, for his pastoral heart, for his kindness, for his generosity, and that has, so many of us have, have experienced. I thank you for Hannah, for her, her ability to handle the Word of God. I thank you for her ability to see and see ahead. I thank you for the prophetic gift in her, which is a strength to us as a church family. And so we say this morning that we receive this gift of God and we pray blessing and prosperity upon you and the gift of God in you in Jesus' name. So in the Old Testament, all throughout history, and I am going to butcher this, so Hannah, you got to give me some grace here. Um, but people would build monuments and pillars as a memorial of what God had done. But it was also a setting in of a new season. So today I just believe that God is sitting in a pillar here with Rich and Hannah and that it's a memorialization of what God has done up to this point at Life Church. And he's saying from this point forward, things will be different. And he said, I've given you eyes to see in the natural, Rich and Hannah. I've given you brilliant eyes to see in the natural. But from this point forward, I'm going to give you supernatural eyes to see into the future. I'm going to give you eyes to see into the heavens and into the spiritual and things that you have not yet seen. So, Lord, we just pray your will be done, not our will be done, Father, that you would give them eyes to see what you want to do, vision to see what it is that you want to do, where you want to take us as a church, Father, where you want to lead us as a people, Lord. We just thank you for all that you've done up to this point, Father, and we memorialize that today with this pillar, Father, and we just say, lead us forward, Father. As a pillar, a pillar is something that... that uh, things are rested upon so that it can go higher and it can grow. It's, a, it, it's something that allows, it's a strength that holds a building up. And what God said to me earlier this week is you have gifts in the natural of healing and of, of teaching. But what God's going to do with your pillar, it's going to bring health. It's not just going to stop with healing, and it's not just going to stop with wisdom and understanding, but it's going to bring health, because that's what God's called us to be, is healthy. It's healthy, and so you, you'll have not only a natural wisdom to heal and a natural wisdom for understanding and to be able to, to teach and train, but you're going to see the entire body, the entire body brought to health. That healthiness will be the, the words that will be written on that pillar is health, health. And out of health, they'll come wealth. It'll make people wealthy in their spirit and in their body and in their, and in their mind. It'll bring healthy, will bring wealthy. Thank you, Lord. I just have a picture of just this gooey honey coming down from heaven, and that sounds really funny, but just that you would go from today, that something is happening in the spirit realm today, not 
and there's just a fresh anointing coming and just a, a heavenly balm coming down and ease for both of you and just to have your expectations raised that you're about to just step into a whole other realm of intimacy for your own relationship with Jesus and anointing to do what he's called you to do but it's a heavenly balm it's like mm. liquid oil and honey pouring down from heaven on you today so just have your expectation up that something's gonna your eyes are gonna be opened even more thank you Lord Hallelujah. yeah Rich and Hannah so much of um of what was shared um, before you guys got you up here um, could be like cons- could be seen as if there's like a list of things that you have to do. Um, but I, I just want to say that you guys already, it's who you are as opposed to, you know, what you need to do. Um, I can testify for this, you know, about eight months ago, my wife and I were driving down a road and commenting, and commenting on how funny the sky looked and how interesting it looked. And then, Rich, you called us and said, where are you? Well, you were in St. Charles and we were in Morris. And you told us to turn around because we didn't know this, but we were driving in, driving towards a tornado. And we were driving in that direction. If you hadn't have called us out of blue and said, turn around, you need to go home, we would have driven into that tornado. And it, it, it's, it's something you guys understand that this is oversight, you're overseers. And for you to be able to see things before they happen, it's who you are. And, and I just want to acknowledge that to the house, that um, these guys have, have an anointing to see things. Um, it, it, it is prophetic, but it, it's really, it's more than that. It's about seeing things past the landscape that we can see. And, and I just want to speak it out over you guys to see further than anyone in this house, to see, to see past what, what, the, what, the, what the real eye can see and, 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 and oversee the people here in a way that's just bringing safety and security to this house. I just bless that in you, Rich and Hannah, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And Rich, I, uh, um, I, if you don't know Rich and you're here today, um, he, carry, he carries an authority when he prays. And he, when he prays, he sees. So I encourage you, have Rich pray for you. And he will pray with an authority over you. And he will see as he prays. If you're here and you just got a word to them, I'm sure we could be here all day with people giving words and uh, pictures. Could you just write them down and give them to them just for the sake of time? I want to honor everybody here. But can you just reach out your hands one more time, church, to them? Father, right now, we just thank you for Rich. And Hannah, Lord, we thank you for the gift they are to this house. And we just set them in right now. And we just recognize your grace that is upon them. We recognize the authority that you've put on them, the mantle that you've put on them. Lord, I thank you that they're unique. I thank you that they're different. And I thank you that we are better together because of them. And I thank you that we are together with a tension, like putting up a tent. They will add a new tension to this house. Lord, and Lord, I just thank you for them. And we bless them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we ask for an increase of anointing. We ask for an increase of clarity. We ask for an increase of authority that as, as Rich uh, speaks and he prays over people, that he would walk in an authority which will literally blow his mind. God, I ask that people will just come be, to have Rich pray for him. Lord, I thank you for Hannah, for her prophetic insight, for, for the knowledge that she has and the skill that you've given her to handle the word with accuracy. And Lord, I just, we thank you for them. We ask that you would just protect them, spirit, soul, and body, as we bless them and just set them into this house. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Can we just give up for Rich and Hannah? Do you want to say anything, guys? Anything? 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 Anything?
I'm going to ask Rich to pray. Rich, stand up. Come on. <laughs> Just put your hands up. Rich is going to pray. <laughs> oh, Father, we thank you so much, Lord. You're so merciful. You're so gracious. Father, we're, we're so overwhelmed by your, your presence, Lord, and your goodness. Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord. We're just so humbled by your, your spirit and your character, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this body. We thank you for what you're doing here, Lord. Father, we thank you that you're intentional. Yeah. And you've mapped things out well beyond what we can see in the natural, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you're making things happen, Lord, in your timing. And I pray for patience for us, Lord, as we sometimes get frustrated and, and, and look at situations and they're not as they should seem. But, Father, you're orchestrating things, Lord. You're making things happen in your timing and what's best for us, Father. And I just pray, Lord, for this day, for this season, Lord, that you would seal, thing in, seal things in people, Father, that those things that they've been seeking, those things that they've been longing for, those things, Lord, that have been desiring, Lord, that you would just meet them, Father, and show them in this time and in this season, Father. You'd be faithful, Lord, to, to meet them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I just had this word in worship, and I feel like it's been something that God's been doing in my heart and in our hearts over this season, but I also feel like today that there's something being cemented in this room and in this place, and, and for all of you in what's happening for us. And so um, I'm just going to read it like a spoken word. It came to me as a song, but... Uh, we'll just go for the, the path of least resistance. In the days of the tabernacle, the glory of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, led the people as they wandered. The Spirit of the Lord filled the tent. The Spirit of the Lord led them where they went. But in the days of the temple, in the days of the glory of the temple, the glory of the Lord, the Holy Spirit filled the holy place. The Spirit of the Lord filled the temple. The Spirit of the Lord was with his people in their praise. And in the days of the glory of the resurrection of our Lord, the glory of the Lord fell and filled the temple once again. But this temple was built of men. So we cry out this day, each of us temples in this holy place, fall on us, your temple, fill our praise, fill our words, fill us every day. Let the spirit of the Lord fill this temple. Let the spirit of the Lord overflow and change this place. Church, we love you. Have an amazing week. Go and, get, go and say hi to somebody. Don't feel you have to rush off. Uh, give someone some money. Give them a hug. Give them a prophetic word. A holy kiss. Stop talking. All right, church, have a great week. We'll see you next time.